What's up, world? Camera Rock here. Upgrade America podcast. CJ the Day Slayer. And Yo, we yeah. have, once again, Nayasha, nice miss you. Peace and love. So today, what are we talking about, Chris? <laughs> uh, we're talking about the Mexican border, Mexican-U.S. border. We're talking about 24-7 stock market. And we're also talking about a three to four day work week. So cool. So we're just going to roll all of these into one episode. I'm with it. I'm not, not? prepared for this uh, podcast, but let's, okay, let's well, lead I, off I, I was thinking about the wall. That's so funny that you said something about that just now because I um, had an experience with some, I don't know, I don't know if they were Mexican or not. I really can't tell the difference. <laughs> but I was, I was, I was totally. This this afternoon, I was kind of like, dang, I'm kind of with Trump with this wall right now. Um, and I'm kind of messed up. To, <laughs> it's kind of messed up to say. Well, if I got their own opinion, yeah, they, I, I feel like they may take over if if we don't stop them now, Mexicans. Interesting. It sounds like you have some fear in the clicking of these AirPods. Sorry. So, I what is it that you're concerned about? What is your yeah, let's jump right in. So we're talking about border security. Should we enhance it or should we keep status quo and just work out the legal stuff? I'm totally with um, border security. Okay. Uh, definitely we have to enhance it. You look at the numbers people are pouring in. I do believe there's about 11 million undocumented illegal immigrants that are in now. While okay. I'm totally for enhancing border security, we have to build better relationships with Mexico. Meaning like, yeah, we're gonna keep out a lot of illegals, but at the same time, we gotta work with Mexico too that we can imp- allow immigration because let's keep it real. America was founded on immigration. Like it's a melting pot of nations that came in for various circumstances to escape either religious persecution or other forms of persecution and to pursue the, you know, to pursue happiness. and people all over the world they should still have that right and we need to keep that constant with america but we need to do it doc we need to have a process for that so to answer your question yeah let's enhance security but let's build better relationships with our our bordering countries okay uh i know on my end i think we just need to enhance more relations versus yeah thank this is just my opinion i don't disagree with what you said because it's you go across the spectrum in the U.S. and it'll probably go one or the other way. It's pretty much yes or no. Um, I'm like halfway in between because I can see both sides of it. So I would say just talk to Mexico, see what's up, talk to the citizens, like try to work with fellowship programs or something, make immigration smoother. Um, that's where I'm at with it. I think I think that's the key part of it. I heard a senator from Wisconsin Mm-hmm. And I was shocked to hear his words where he was saying we need illegal immigrants and the way he, he broke it down it was like um, the jobs like picking apples and dairy farms and stuff like that it's low paying work but it's very hard work and he more or less he said you have Americans who wouldn't do it for minimum wage let alone the wages that they're paying the illegal immigrants Yeah. right so we, we factor that into our economy because really if you, you you did the numbers and, and you were paying an American citizen X amount of dollars, it could equivalent to a $10 gallon of milk. So yeah. at the same time, we it's like we're turning a blind eye to illegal immigration because we need it in a sense. But at the same time, it's like um, 
if we were to make it legal, we couldn't continue to pay those people that same rate. And at the same time, what what uh, this what else would you give them? Would we have to provide health care and everything as well too? We because these are uh, these are things in your right. I know what you're thinking. We can't even provide health care for all the <laughs> yeah. Americans that, for, that for, for the Americans, exactly, let alone exactly. the, the illegals that are immigrating as well. But these are questions that we we have to really think about. Consider. And you're right. We have to consider this and and address these. But going back to the root cause to the border. We got to enhance it, but I don't think we can just do it with a wall. Mm-hmm. In my book, Upgrade America, I propose, remember uh, in South Korea, we used the whiskey cameras for tasks? Yeah. yeah. It's like wide area surveillance, thermal imaging and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. They got a camera on the World Trade Center that can see a license plate, that can read a license plate off the George Washington Bridge. Now that's the, um, let's just so, say- I think that was No, it's the World Trade Center. But the, um, the World Trade Center is the tallest building in New York City. Okay. And possibly the East Coast. But anyways, that type of technology applied on the southern border, it's like where you have a wall that's covering, about, I believe it's covering about 600 miles, mm-hmm. about 2,000 mile border. If we had those wide area surveillance cameras, you could cover a lot more than the wall can. And then we have drones that can continuously follow whoever's immigrating, illegally immigrating into the country so we can keep on them. And then you know how we roll, fire teams, SARTs, external SARTs, and for you civilians, those are security response teams. So you have your wall, you have your wall that can cover what you can. You have your towers that are covering, let's just say, 360 degrees. And then you have your, your drones that have aerial surveillance. And then you have external SART teams that are uh, roving or roving patrols that could be dispatched to wherever these people are. That's just my security measure. I'm gonna say no at this point. Now there are, uh, I do believe- yeah, That's a really touchy one. You're no, gonna do it with the Mexican yeah. government and American citizen. Say again? With the drone thing, it's tricky. I know we use drones for like traffic, like in what, Virginia and certain areas for traffic tickets or whatever. Mm-hmm. That drone thing, I, I can see most Americans agreeing with it, but I can see weapons, weapons yeah. are something totally different. They're gonna look at it as that's one step towards weapons, towards American citizens, you know, civil liberties and all that. That's a whole nother sticky topic, just to kind of warn you on that. You're right. But at the same time, we are, um, Drones for surveillance purposes, for border surveillance purpose. I'm not saying drones flying over New York City and drones flying over Los Angeles, but for drones for our southern border surveillance, you're common with the term we use in the military all the time. It's called a force multiplier. Mm-hmm. And you civilians, a force multiplier is anything that will allow us to use less manpower to get the job done and having aerial drones is absolutely a force multiplier it'll provide a, a bird's eye view of what's going on on the ground and then we can dispatch those roving patrols to uh to apprehend and detain uh these uh, people okay. who are immigrating illegally now while we're watching while we're securing the border mm-hmm. via video and stuff like that uh how are we gonna um you know, secure this where it won't be hacked and things in that sort. What are you referring to? 
like the videos and stuff because because um i have pretty good faith in our um do you and our federal government's it and you, you think that they can't i mean they, i don't think the car hacked? i don't think the cartel is hacking them north korea russians yeah they can hack they're having a hard time hacking email servers let alone passing through the firewalls that are controlling all of these aerial surveillance things. So this is a fun fact for uh, the other civilians as well. So the drones that are flying in Iraq, Afghanistan and everything, they're yeah. being flown from Las Vegas. Well, not from yeah. Las Vegas, but from Nellis, more or less. Nellis yeah. Air Force Base, Nevada, which is close to Las Vegas. These guys are sitting in, in rooms. They're not even on the battlefield or in theater. They're sitting in rooms flying it with Xbox controllers and dropping live ordinance on bad guys. Yeah. But um, to answer your question, I'm not at all concerned about that. Our main concern for the southern border is the cartels. And well, I, I suppose there's a terrorist aspect, but I don't see their IT. Maybe the cartel does have an IT team. I, I don't know. Yeah, I would assume they would because they basically <laughs> run like a Fortune 100, Fortune 500. They have to secure them. They're, you're you're they're, absolutely uh, right. But um, when we're talking about the, the the level of encryption for for flying drones for for our war machines, that's like saying, oh, they could hack our F-35s because they run on a lot of uh, technology as well. Like, yeah. but um, who could say? It's something to consider. And when you have technical security, it's always being upgraded. It's always so, being enhanced. So uh, increasing security at at the border. Do you think that's gonna um, decrease uh, human trafficking? No. Hmm. Now, why is that? I would say some is people want to get here, they're going to get here, man. We've seen ex historical examples of that. You've seen people from Cuba, people from Haiti. You see people from Central America. Like, if, if they're going to find a way to get here, they're going to get away. And then it's a market for You know who's surprised is coming? Is immigrating more than Mexico? Who? The Chinese. <laughs> I believe that they're 27%. The, the, the tables are looking at they're about 27 percent mexico's 24 but um you're, you're absolutely right people are going to find a way to get here but it's going to be a bit more difficult now mm -hmm. other countries that are employing border walls i know uh, i believe you and i we spoke about hungary before yeah and there's other countries over in europe that are doing this as well and they said they their Im uh, illegal immigration decreased by like 90 percent so oh, wow. walls work, but at the same time, they are physical barriers which put up other psychological barriers between nations. And Chris, I couldn't agree with you more. We need to build better relations Relation, with exactly. Mexico. And yeah. it's like um, they said in, in my research, I, I found out that a, one of the big reasons why we're having so much immigration, Mexico had a big recession in the 1980s. And a lot of people left there, left Mexico to come to America. That would make sense. Job opportunities. So if we renegotiated some of these trade agreements and we found a way to, hey, Mexico can have, we can, I don't want to say help their economy. If we find a mutual agreement that we can help each other, your economy is flourishing, people are eating it and doing great things in Mexico, they're not all going to want to run to uh, to America, you know? And I, I think we should look, work on more bilateral agreements between the two nations and, and try to repair it. Yeah, I think um, I think from the U.S. side, I think the key move, since we already have corporations, plants, whatnot, from Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies, would be maybe infrastructure is what Mexico is lacking more than 
necessarily jobs. Like water treatment, like uh, maybe bridges. Yeah, maybe. Right, because that whole Montezuma's curse thing is still uh, it's still active today. Like when you go to Mexico, they tell you don't drink the water. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I I've drinking. I drank the I drank the uh, tap water like one my last night. Nothing happened, but I didn't drink the whole time. I would drink bottle, so I don't know. I heard mixed reviews. I heard people they they're sick, and then I've heard. Well, it's, it's, it's like this, you know. You got you got really think about this, right? You're not supposed to drink the water, right? But then you go down, you, then you go eat something from from you know, say a salad or something. They they wash that 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 salad with that water, that too, you know, like, like order salads, don't order cold things. Yeah, you're supposed to get like hot dishes and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I had samitas and those kind of are a mixture of hot and cold, so I, I took my chances. They were fire, so fuego. <laughs> uh, so, so, I don't know. This immigration thing is always very tricky. And I come from the standpoint of being a Black American. And it's a very unpopular opinion, probably to mainstream America. But everybody passes over Black Americans when Black Americans got the right for all the other immigrants. Hold on, say that again. Everybody passes over Black Americans when Black Americans fought to get the rights that all these other immigrant groups are able to enjoy. And I'm not against immigration. That's the weird thing. I'm not against people coming here because I know that's what makes America strong. But I am a little annoyed on how we're neglected as a community when we're foundational to this country. You're absolutely right. How much labor was built? Like eight trillion dollars made off slave labor? Like, uh, so and another factor of that on top of that, which is funny, is Mexicans were here first, too, along with Native Americans. So, really, they're just returning home. So, indigenous, uh, indigenous Americans, yeah, if you look at it that way, that's what I was saying. I'm like, yo, like, are are we immigrants because we're not truly from here, you know? Uh, we were brought here, see, but here's the thing my the biggest concern, I believe, is not it's not the land. There's plenty of land for, for everyone. It's oh, just, yeah, absolutely. People come, we got people come illegally and then they become expenses to, you know, to the federal government to tax paying citizens. And that's a, I believe that's a concern. Do we have or are we killing forces to, to make cities and things like that? I'm just saying, you know, that's another topic that we, <laughs> um, I mean, we have like Wyoming, Nebraska, we have like these areas that are not, not populated. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you can easily just roll in there. Hey, you get the work permit for six months, 12 months. Mm-hmm. You got boom, boom, boom. You know, your, uh, what's it, EIN number. Yeah. You know, have all this set up temporarily. You have like Medicaid for that duration. If you complete everything you're supposed to do, Mm-hmm. They have a chance for citizenship. Now you're tracking six so you month window, track. right? Six months window on the work, on the work work program. You would have a tax paying ID, as you mentioned, the EIN number, and then you'd be eligible. You you would have your eligible. I like that idea, I really do. But now the the tricky part is where you said the Medicaid. Yeah. Throwing that in there, and then it's uh. I don't see it as much of an expense because it's temporary. It's not I mean, as I mean, much I, as... I, I like the idea because as you mentioned, 
whereas we we discussed before is like these guys and gals are coming over here they're highly underpaid yes they yes are. and then it's like at the same time have no magical coverage I would almost arguably say that the people who are employing these people, they should have to provide them some sort of lodging, for one, because it's like, you don't underpay them and then you figure it out. You know what I mean? And additionally to that, yeah, there has to be some way, perhaps an employer could cover, partially cover uh, the medical expenses. Or maybe come together private and uh, government and figure out a program together much money on the illegal labor so it's like there's got to be some sort of compromise for the federal government to just say hey but, we're going to cover the bill people americans going to be pissed off for one they'll be like you gotta you gotta understand i you beg gotta, your pardon you gotta think about the, the average american who's only thinking about uh themselves like their profit not 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 oh can i pay him more or can i give him no it's like how can i get more money how can i i i yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, um, right. and, and, and americans are um say i am american but most typically typical american are selfish you know um yeah they're, they're not well, we worried live about in a capitalist uh, and... a capitalist society but at the same time the reason why we're bringing this up is because okay if we're gonna put up the walls we got high top-notch security and we want to build better relationships with Mexico and other nations, we gotta bring people in. But we gotta have a process on how we're doing it. And I do like your approach, and I think that to some extent it is it is fair. It, it is a it's a fair approach. But what happens when they get their citizenship? Then it's like, are they gonna, they're obviously, I, I imagine they wouldn't continue to do that job. They're gonna do something else and then we roll in the next like, what, what about wave Americans? Of, these, these immigrants are taking our jobs, you know, taking... Not necessarily. They've well, been the jobs like underpopulated towns and cities. Like, for instance, my understanding, Wyoming has more cows than people. But if you let these... You, I'm not saying we, we put everybody into these little rural areas, yeah. but, you know, a little here, a little there, yeah. and then just a slight population... Increase. increases and then you would have more production okay. and, but i do like your approach chris and that's that's definitely something we should uh look into uh maybe legislating I'm a, i maybe i'm a little tarnished because i uh once a mexican took an apartment that i was looking at today <laughs> I, 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 missed, I missed that i was looking at an apartment today and uh, the landlord they, they i don't know if they're mexican or spanish uh, um, stuck together, and I was pissed because I'm like, yo, like, are you just supposed to be here? Like, I, I know, that sounds kind of racist. Just a bit, just a <laughs> But I, 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 hey, where's your MAGA? Where's your Make America Great Again at? <laughs> Whose campaign are you on anyway? <laughs> I just say I don't know. I don't know if that that situation kind of. Yo. No, but she like I keep it I keep it honest with you. She taps into something that I would say most Black Americans how they feel. You mm. know, like hey, we're like I said earlier, like we're getting looked over and we're we're here. Like we're here first. It's, exactly. So I would say second or third, but still, like you get what I'm saying. Like yeah. people are coming over now, not the answer. Getting system. more help than than you know people that's been here. You know, interesting. That's crazy. And I. I can totally see that that angle. Yeah. Oh. It's a conflict. Um, I, I'm all, the reason why I am for the the legal immigration because let's keep it real. African Americans are not gonna we're not picking that food. 
We we did all that stuff like you we did it before. Yo, like when we're talking about less less than minimum wage, back breaking labor, less than minimum wage, I would argue to say that there are very few Americans who are going to do that. And at the same time, these essential agricultural needs that we have, i.e. Veg- fruits and vegetables and dairy products and, and what have you, they are I don't know the data, but my understanding there is a, a significant percent of illegal labor that contributes to that. And that's why we, unless you, like I said, you want to pay a we picked top dollar. Way, way too long that nobody wants to be out in the field. I get it. It's not even African Americans in general. There's yeah, other Americans I, I, yeah. that are not going to do that. No. Yeah. Well, I would, I would say. People, like, I, Americans are general, generally lazy. Like, um, they try to take oh, a shortcut on, on uh, pretty much everything. I, I beg to differ to you, and maybe that's a good, perhaps that's a great transition point to get into our uh, three to four day work week. Well, I wonder. Well, I wanted to ask. Lazy. I, I think ask one more thing with the, uh, some of us. Some, 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 some yeah. do. I'm not gonna say like, oh, every American lazy, but you know, we're 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 the fattest country in the world. Yeah, right. right? More people that's die true. from than hunger. Yeah. Like so, that. yo, before we transition, though, Chris, spit it out, man. You you got. I just had one more thing to add. Like, you remember we were following Andrew Yang's campaign. Yeah. Automation. You and I have been talking about this. So what happens when all those jobs are gone because they're all fully automated? Because that's not far off for agriculture. Hey, this is an entirely different topic. I want to be on this. I want to be on this podcast. But, um, I, this is an entirely different top, topic. And it's, it's something that I'm very passionate I, I for my campaign. I deal with tech, so I, I'm, I'm watching in, uh, about automation. I learned that Citibank was able to, uh, how do you say, terminate like 35% of their workforce. Because really think about banking. And yeah. banking is, I don't want to say it's a repetitive task, but yeah, uh, pretty much they is. were able to make software that could replace 35% of your workforce. So I, I, got, I got some insight on that. But when you're talking about artificial intelligence, self-driving cars, and everything that's, that's scheduled to replace what? 40% of blue collar and white collar labor by yeah. 30. That is a big concern of mine. And I have some approaches and we can that discuss that. That is a big that. concern because what are, what are all these families who uh, typically have the, the what is it, customer service jobs and things I'm gonna like that? I'm going to be real with you. I'll answer your question straight up. If you, if, right. And this goes for, for people who are in these industries. If you do not substantially step up your value in the market, you'll be rendered obsolete. And if there is not an adequate program and process to take care of you, then you either perish or evolve. And it sounds harsh, but that's why I'm really pushing this whole tech, this whole retrain. We need to enhance the Job Corps program because you're going to, right now we have a 4% unemployment rate. That could very easily rise to, to 20 to 30% with the emergence of artificial intelligence and self-driving cars. But yeah, you got to step your, yeah, I stepped your tech game up. I think the federal government has some responsibility to yeah. to help and encourage people to, to get training and, and, this, and skills. This goes back to Americans are lazy. Like they're who, not. Yeah, they're really yeah, they're, they're lot, really not. They, okay, are, so let's let's transition. Are. Let's transition to that work week. So okay. according we to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average American works forty four hours per week or eight point eight hours per day. A 2014 national Gallup poll put the average number at 47 hours per week or 9.4 hours per day, with many saying they work 50 hours per week. 
and that's from CNNBC. Now, yeah. Chris, you and I, we have a lot of experience with working overseas in Europe and, and Asia. And I know these guys, they, they're about their 40-hour week. Some of them, they take uh, the entire month of August off for vacation. They have yeah. 30 holidays a year. So Americans work hard, and I, and I think um, in addition to working hard, hold on, let me throw out some facts about the just the, our commutes. So yeah. in the U.S., the average one-way commute time is 26.1 minutes. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, if you commute to a full-time job, five-day-a-week job, round trip, that adds up to 4.35 hours a week and over 200 hours, nearly nine days a year. So in addition, that's, to work, that's 50, my commute, exactly. in addition to working 50 hours a week, we're we're working we're putting additional four point um additional four and a half hours in traffic yeah like americans we are we're losing okay. time so so all right cutting i, I understand you want to cut the work work week back to um i'm gonna say two, two what is it two well, to three no we're 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 brainstorming about what three to four three to four days i say four is i say four is depending on the hours to make that 40 to 50 hours because they get paid hourly and that's something we'll have to revise as well so you could still keep the same pay rates but here's how you would supplement it is where someone else is off someone else would be working so ultimately that's more production for that for that company let's i don't know let's use a car company for instance right you're coming in you're doing your little shift boom 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 you grind it out your 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 three your three days of the week but someone else is coming in and you're continuously going boom 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 and it's non-stop production rather than you working five days and taking two days off and that means the company is essentially taking two days off mm -hmm. the company can be continuously in production which is going so to non increase non -stop. It's, it's going to increase production or at least we're just brainstorming with this as i mentioned to uh, everyone who's, who's listening in this is not really based on on hard facts we're just speculating on, on what it would be like if uh, we had this type of work week and how it would work um i can speak from personal experience like between military and right now um i work a four-day work week and i can tell you my quality of life is a lot better than working my other schedules that i used to work um and then and I remember military did those Panama 12s, which were amazing. Some people like being at work more than they like being at home. Okay, you guys gotta understand that. Like, some people well, do then, like- they, Here's the thing, if that's the type of person they are, they can easily get another some, job some with people, a, I mean, some they can easily get another job somewhere else. It's like, cool, you're only working here three days, go do something else. My main purpose for proposing such a system is so, Americans have more time, so they get more time back. Financially free. Well, financially free, get a hobby, have a actual life. Like yeah, that's true. Because people, I mean, like my sister. Um, sorry, Nakia, if you if you watch this, her life is work, and you know, I I I've literally stopped hanging out with her because, like, listen, I I don't want to talk about your work. You're not at work, you know. Um, I don't want to hear that. I, I don't, you know, I'm not. Where are we I, getting paid for this conversation? Is that, exactly, so why, why are we talking about work? Exactly, exactly. Trust me, know, I know that's, uh, just, that's that's the same thing, and it's just I like, don't know, I don't know. But I, I only brought up those stats just to show how much time people are dedicating to your jobs, and it's like when you think about it, then you have to factor in sleep, then you have to factor in preparation, and at the end of the day, you. That video that you uh, 
sent me uh perhaps i'll put a clip from yeah, that in i sent it to chris as well the, remember the that? video i sent you when it shows like how much how much hours you sleep and like how much years. yeah that was crazy. 20 years of, uh, like 20 of, hours 20, 20 years, years you of sleep sleeping. of your life like, or something what? like that it's crazy you know um but i don't know what are your thoughts on you got any more thoughts on, on that well you gotta go the challenge is you got to go based on in industry and you also have to go based on their needs. Okay. That's the biggest logistical challenge. I think maybe one way we could kind of set the tone federally, I'm going your route, is re I like messing with you. Oh, uh, <laughs> but re-classify um, what full-time and part-time is. Um, so maybe full-time nationwide would be 32 hours or 40 hours to get businesses in a mindset of, okay, we're only going to do a four-day work week or a three-day work week, depending on what our type of business is. Like you mentioned banking, that's way easier to automate a lot of the other stuff right, than right. say, I don't know, like a bus stop or something. I don't know, like bus operations might be a lot different. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's that's something that you could plug and play different resources. Like, for instance, the bus driver, he or she is working there three days for that week. It's not like they have some special knowledge, specialty knowledge that yeah. oh, they know this bus route. No, like the next guy or gal can come in and do that same bus route in their absence. Well, well you know, soon you're talking about bus drivers, but soon self-driving. Yeah. 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 I mean, we just, I was just trying to think of a quick example, but um, yeah, I say industry-wise, that would be the biggest challenge. There's been, I think Utah tried to do it with their state, like government employees and stuff like that, and they worked for a while, but eventually that people started complaining because they had no service on Fridays, and you already know government hours are like seven well, to five. That's what I said, if we're going to reduce the work week, it must be supplemented. It's not like the business shuts down. The business is only exactly. operating three or four days how, a week. If you're going to supplement that, if we have a four percent unemployment rate, we can plug it. We can plug different different so bodies. We, so would people have a rotated schedule, or we will use flex flex time people or part time people to plug okay. and play in those areas. I missed your question. Can you say that one more time? Okay, you were talking about supplementing, right? So I'm saying, okay, if we're going to supplement, are the people, the full-time regular employees, are they going to be rotating their schedule? Or are you going to use people that are part-time or flex-time or contractors to fill in the rest? Uh, I imagine you have to rotate the schedule. Because remember how we worked in um, Korea? I really loved our schedule there to Panama, right? Because yeah, yeah. we got every other weekend off. Now, when I was working with NATO, we worked for, we had a four day work week, but it was like we had four days on and believe it or not, it was like having a dream job. We had four days off. Yeah. Here was the catch though. I would only have like, sometimes I would only have a weekend. Like it would be like months before I'd have a weekend off, just how to schedule. Mm -hmm. gotcha. So it's like, um, in, because of that, you would, I suppose you would have to uh, do some sort of rotation just, but I don't know, who knows, this whole system could change the whole concept of a weekend because essentially the week would not end, but who could say? Yeah, I was going to say, how can we, how, how are we going to uh, implement this 
in in the workforce if you know we've been having five five days you know uh for a very long time i don't i don't know the years i don't <laughs> i don't know are the, we the operating facts. off of the caesarean calendar or the julian calendar rather yeah, I think so. So oh, I guess Rome. Yes. But, so how the hell are we gonna change? Excuse my language. How are we gonna change that? And how are we gonna implement well, that workforce? If, if, if a man or a woman put it into play, then a man or a woman can change it. Yeah, yeah. And, but how 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 long do you expect um, for it to actually work out? Like how how long do you think it's gonna take? So I I, I want to use your question to transition into another question to our other topic which is the 24 by 7 stock market mm -hmm. and you're saying how long would it be able to take it would pretty much be based i imagine it would be a gradual implementation but it would be um it, it, it would be gradual but it would start and where i would see it starting at mm -hmm. in, um in the market essentially you could say our economy thrives around the stock market mm -hmm. yeah um they they work conventional they work conventional hours and everything but they, they they shut down so my question for you is how do you think a 24-hour stock market would affect business now i'm just going to lay out this scenario okay stock, stock market is open 24 7 now so now you have stock brokers that are up around the clock working in shifts right but at the same time if they're open guess what starbucks and the coffee shops around the corner they want a little piece of that action, so they're going to open up too. Then other businesses are like, hey, that's a pretty good idea. They're yes. open, why don't we open too? And then I think the whole economy would thrive around yeah, this I, whole... I, I, I uh, get that, I get that because, you know, uh, what's trending, people tend to jump on. Well, if, so it's, it's, like, if it's economical, if, 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 if it's making I, I money, it, why not? Know, uh, follow the leader kind of thing, I get that. But uh, I feel like it's going to take a while to... Um, actually change that um I, I may not see that in my lifetime don't be so um so pessimistic. I, i'm just saying you know um the i believe if you if it's proposed to american citizens and if as i mentioned to all the viewers this is not something that the federal government can legislate this would be like a best practice for businesses like if it's something that's advantageous for for a business oops, <laughs> it's advantageous for a business like perhaps they could apply it and have happier more productive employees well this is a little bit of research i did for it. Uh, the reason why it affects the economy is you got to worry about um work-life balance for the actual brokers and people who work and that's something we didn't consider like because everything is like so predicated on conditions for trading and I was looking at all this stuff. It was so much stuff I didn't really think about. They have tried to do 24-hour trading. Because um, I know they after I knew they do after-hour trading, but it's not as common. Yeah, it's like because you end up getting screwed on the prices as well. And they said the best time for the trade is during that block of time was at nine to four or whatever it is. And then off the weekends, it gives the markets, it seems like it gives the markets time to rest. Like, I know we were talking about the different time zones and everything, but after reading a little bit more about it, I was like, I kind of see why you wouldn't overstress everybody's economy. Because then it was also saying that stocks can dip super low 
because there's no active trading going on for certain stocks. So say a stock just came on, all of a sudden it dips to zero, everybody dumps their stocks. So now you start running to these problems. This is not trading as well as this is not trading. Let's consider about the foreign markets. Uh-huh. For instance, um, Forex, changing currencies for, for people who are not, uh, mm-hmm. not aware. But in order to trade foreign currencies, that's something that people stay up at night to do because yeah. they're on different time zones. Mm-hmm. Now, I think having a 24 by 7 market, it may attract a lot of foreign investors as well mm-hmm. because people who are on different time zones, they could actively engage and, and see our market in real time. I'm not sure, but I, I do know that the market controls the economy for, for the most part, or it significantly contributes to it. Yeah. And uh, something like that. Again, I think it's like 87% capitalization. I'm not really a, you know, investor or whatnot, but okay. um, it brought up also something that you didn't consider. Small business banking and financial services get harmed with 24-hour trading because all the big firms can trade 24 mm-hmm. They had the resources. Small firms, more like Main Street firms, like here down the street from me, I got like Edward Jones, like all these guys here, yeah, they're big, but also they're local. So say the guy that's third-party independent is doing this stuff, he gets crushed because all the big firms can do that 24-7. That's something to consider. Well, again, I'm on, um, they, they're going to have to join forces with other or banks and, and form some sort of correlation, correlation mm-hmm. rather. But you know, I like TD Bank. Mm-hmm. TD Bank is a really cool bank because they're flexible. I work conventional business hours, but most banks work conventional business hours. Yes. And my, if my bank is not by my job, I would never get to get to the bank within business hours. Yeah. But TD Bank is open on Saturdays and they're also open on Sundays. And that's mm-hmm. something that I don't want to say it's taboo, but it's kind of uncommon for yes. banks to do that. So if they're doing that with great success, I think other markets would be able to uh, adapt as well. I totally get that because, uh, no, uh... And if they can't, then they, I don't want to say if you can't get with the times, you shouldn't be in business. Uh-huh. Um, this is something that would greatly benefit the, the American people. And again, you gotta find a way to uh, support the needs because they say the market usually, the market determines who stays in business. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't meet the demands of the market, then you, you don't stay in business. And I'm, I'm very sure like if these, uh, these smaller organizations, if they team together, and as I mentioned, form source, some sort of coalition where uh, they could Meet these requirements, and but perhaps do, they, do they have to? I mean, they don't have to. No, they they don't have to, but they'll get rolled over. If if a bigger company or, or industry is pro- providing a better solution, then uh, people are going to go with what works for them. It provides them more flexibility. I had plenty of bank options, and I went with TD because they could accommodate me. Yeah. Um, it also said the volume of trades, um, catching the fall of a stock price. And then, like I was bringing up earlier, stocks could plummet overnight. So now you've got a company that went IPO, all of a sudden they're done. As well, we had a really big market drop. What was it like about a week ago? Mm-hmm. I mean, just Amazon, the whole Dow Jones was right. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
if you dabble in stocks, you know it goes up and down. It's it's no secret. And I don't really see if we have a window of five days, I don't see why we can't extend that five day window to six, if not seven. They're saying based on like basically I'm looking at some stuff, they're like everything revolves around liquidity. So they're saying that how it is now is more efficient than if you were to bring it out to 24 seven, because most of the trading happens during that uh, eight to four time frame. Yeah, cause that's the only that's the time that's allotted. You don't think people will be trading after, after what, hours? They said they would, but eventually it would fade out. And then now you're wasting resources by leaving it open so long, basically is what I'm getting from it. They're saying the convenience is great, but they rather have a better price. So now you're talking about the money. Mm. So they're saying the money drops the longer you keep the market open. Because you gotta think, you also create scarcity. Like I'm not an economics guru, but with that limited amount of time, you create scarcity. And Once you open it up, demand is like, all right, whatever, it's open 24 seven. Just hypothetically, we're going with this approach and, okay. and federal government has no legislative power over this, but we, we go with this, uh, this approach is now available. How would the market adapt? Like everything that you said in the consideration, scarcity is no longer a thing. The market always adapts to whatever conditions are thrown at it. How do you think it would adapt? I don't know. I mean, I'm just going off based off the experts' opinions on mm -hmm. this because I'm not very fluid at this at all. Um, fluent. Um, they give you an example right here. The difference okay. between stocks and commodities commodities is that people all over the world wanting to buy wheat, but not everyone around the world wants to buy Chuck E. Cheese stock. At some level, it's that simple. And they're saying that's where the issue comes in. It's like because commodities run different from regular like securities and technology and all that stuff. So you also dealing with those dynamics as well. Um, I don't know, like I'm, I guess I'm kind of indifferent on it. I feel like if you did do the 24 hour thing, you definitely want to be sure to know what you're doing. Definitely do a test run. <laughs> but I wouldn't just jump head into that shit because obviously our economy is- Definitely check it check it out for a couple of months and, and see how it how it goes and but well, it's just something we are speculating on and it's a fun little uh, topic to consider. But what else? Were, so we, we briefly touched on the um, the three to four day work week, the twenty four by seven stock market, and we we dabbled in immigration as well. What else do you want to throw out there? Any current events that are sizzling on the in the pipeline? Oh, I was going to give you some stock market like quick facts if y'all can hold on for like a minute. 16 stock exchanges worth a trillion each. Mm -hmm. um, we have two. I think China has the most as far as stock exchanges. Shanghai, Hong Kong, uh, Shenzhen. I think I said that wrong. Um, then you have like coalitions of stock markets like the Euronext is Lisbon, Amsterdam, Dublin, Brussels, Paris, then you have like the Nordic joint is like everybody. <laughs> you got like eight countries, NASDAQ, so Nordic exchanges. Um, Swiss, Korean exchange, Taiwan, uh, Brazil, I didn't even know. South Africa, Spain, uh, Australian, 
Let's see. Started stock exchange started in 1602. Probably you beef with historians, they'll probably tell you something else, but that's what I found. It started in Amsterdam. I first they stocks and bonds. There's actually a literal pit and yeah. you have to go down there bidding on uh what was the main product though? I forget that they were um listing the stocks for. <laughs> uh, it's a little dirty, it's a little murky. Uh, Call they that from tea to slave, so I mean, I, I didn't want to like just throw it out. I'm like, somehow I do call slavery being involved with this, but I'm yeah. like, yeah, Dutch East Indian Company, yeah, yeah it sounds about right. So, um, yeah, yeah that's it. All the all the African Americans out there smoking Dutch masters, not unaware of the the, the correlation to. Yeah. Uh, this this Dutch company that was uh, essentially selling stock for slavery. That's uh, um, it's pretty that's crazy. That's all I had. Just like real quick rapid fire stuff. Um, I can't really think of any other topics in the news that is burning. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose that's a good thing, man. Yeah? No, no news is good news. They say. Sure. What about you, uh, first lady? Now you guys ready to cover uh, police brutality? So I mean, yeah, you know, just killed that lady. Um, was she in Florida? I think. I'm not sure. I don't know exactly where she was at. I think but, I heard about that too. Uh, the police officer killed her and um. Been back on duty or something like that. Was she mentally disturbed? I think I just yeah, heard. That. He lived in the same complex and he like he like came up to her. Uh, cause she he knew that she had prior warrants or whatever. And um, I guess she must have got a hold of his taser. He, he shot her five times. He she what well, five shots were uh, fired. And uh -huh. They they said assumably one hit her. But I mean, he's a police officer. It was point blank range. I'm pretty sure more than one shot hit her. You know, um, I don't know. If, I don't feel like that he should have you know used deadly force like that. I don't know. She um, had a taser. She did have a taser, but if you if you look at the video, I guess I'll just see a baton. I don't know. It don't seem like I see many batons anymore. No, uh, I don't yeah. got the ASP baton. So yeah, really yeah, that's what I'm talking it's about. Com it's compact. I see some of the guys they got that on the drop holsters. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, you're an officer, right? And and this is a um, I think she was like maybe 42, 43 year old woman. Um, you let her wrestle you and get a, ta a taser. So you use deadly force for a taser. You would not die, you know, getting mm, shot from This tricky. It's really tricky. Like, like we we know law enforcement, so we do know it depends on the officer's size, their experience, their physical ability. Depends yeah, on the situation they're in. Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised, like somebody like five two, one ten can rock your world. Like give mm. me and Cam like a problem. If they're mad, hysterical, that adrenaline's going, you would be mm -hmm. very surprised what you would have to deal with from somebody you would never expect. And here's the thing you got to consider as well. If she, and I'm, I'm not taking anyone's side, I'm just trying to look at it from a non-biased perspective, but if, if she took his taser, who's to say she could have took his firearm? And yeah, the only, I'm is, not I'm not taking the no one's side because it's, it's one thing. She could have. As soon as you taking a as soon as you taking a weapon, is you just opened a whole different can of worms. Yeah. She, she didn't yeah. even point that. Notwithstanding, like if she Before, didn't even point the gun at him and she took his firearm, they're gonna kill him. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But she didn't have firearm. She had a taser. Well, and it wasn't pointed at him, and he shot her five um, times. You, not one shot. Not one shot. 
Not two shots. This is five. This is this is hindsight. You know, we're, you we're, almost emptied out his clip. We're look we're looking back on it. Now you hold about fifteen. But almost. I mean yeah, about sixteen, because they all they all carry like a Glock forty, like a forty cal or nine mil. Yeah. They they picked it up to the um to the forty cal because the nine mil. There's a lot of off like PCP. My understanding is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Like you got guys on PCP and they're like freaking Superman, and the nine mil won't drop them. Yeah. So they stepped it up to the forty because it has a little bit more stopping power. Mm -hmm. But yeah. at the same time, it's like. I would totally advocate for her if she didn't reach for the weapon, she didn't have the weapon. But as soon as you you grab the weapon, it's uh it's game on whether you have it or not. Yeah. Uh you make contact. Like as soon as somebody grabs your belt, like basically, all right, what are they grabbing for? Like is you trying to get them off of you as soon as possible because you know you got your weapon on your hip. Like ultimately they can use it on Well, here's the thing, everyone sleeps on the tasers, but applied correctly there i do believe that there's cops that they they tased the guy and he was like in a if not a coma or something else mm -hmm. like uh, tasers they're, they're pretty powerful yeah you know, i was there so i mean i can Nor see the video I, so, so I, I can't, can't say really, anything. I, can't, I can't you know argue you down you know who's right but um but at the same I, time I, he should have approached her with backup for one, you don't go yeah. doing vigilante style yeah, that's by yourself. Like, you should have went with some backup. It was like, and additionally, um, it was like, and then she's like, uh, she's, you know, she was yelling and screaming like you're harassing me, but was it harassment? You know, you guys live in the same complex. You, you know, uh, you see her often if you live in the same complex. You know, um, and it's like, are you trying to, you know, make your complex a little safer or something? I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like he didn't have like she wasn't doing anything or anything like that for him to like just stop her he's just like oh i knew that she had prior warrants because i know her like hmm. what, what kind of what is that like you know uh you she so so police officers have family that they know and i'm pretty sure they have some that have you know bench warrants warrants are they gonna be like oh i'm gonna go arrest my brother because he has well, a you know. they have something called officer discretion I, at the same time know. um yo they, we see it every day. They're 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 posting something. One of the things I saw, they this pretty hot in, in the presses. They the cop put a plastic bag over the kid. Yeah, head. I saw that. But okay, I'm like, that. under what circumstances do you put a plastic bag over someone's head? Like even POWs, when you're taking prisoners of war in war, they tell you to put a burlap bag over yeah, their head, like something porous something that you can breathe that's through but it's like that for taking prison to, prisoners of war so they don't know where you're taking them and yeah. not but in this bag. situation and I, and I looked at it again I'm like what type of uh for what purpose would you would you do that I don't know humanizing that's the only thing I could think of sure if you guys seen the video of uh this this happened maybe like a week ago it was more recent than the other the lady uh getting killed the young boy um it was like maybe three or four police officers just pounding on his face like his mm. mother's recording yeah i think i've seen something like it's, that. it's uh it's, it was it happened in jersey um about a week ago it was a white it was a white boy um i feel like you know uh with the police brutality, I feel like they took more precautions because he was a white, a white young man. Like uh, immediately, that the officers were suspended and, and things like that. And um, 
they're, they're like, oh, we're calling for the officers to be fired and stuff. But, you know, when they're, and, and he wasn't killed or anything like that. He was just badly beaten up um, yeah. on video. But now, but now they don't do that stuff when they, when they kill black people. They, they don't be like, oh, we, we want them immediately fired and stuff like that. And, but they're taking it seriously now because yeah, it's, it's a white, it's a white male. Because no one cares. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it's, it's, it pains me to say that, but no one cares. It's just like, you have countless shootings in, in the hood. Like, I was, where was I at? I was in Brooklyn and you hear gunshots going off. So you know there's, there's your shootings going on in the hood. And, but, you know, maybe please come, maybe they don't. But at the same time, it's like, does the news care? No one cares. But soon it's like, oh, it's like, you know, if it happens in the neighborhood where it's it is, not it's supposed expected. to. It's like it's not supposed to happen. Then it's like, oh lord, like oh lord, oh my god, look yeah. what happened here. And it's like we make a big deal about it, but I don't know, man. It's uh, we really need to upgrade America. It has a lot of work. I, we got a lot of work we got to like do. And um, they need to be held accountable. Officers, I feel like they need to pay fines or something. Or, well, or we already we we capped in hashtagging a lot. I wasn't episode. I wasn't invited to that podcast, so I can voice my opinion now on this podcast. Well, not about really. Like, we about to clip this about fifty minutes. <laughs> so this was a mixed bag of nuts. This yeah. episode covered a lot of different subjects. Um, Stay tuned for next week's episode, and we're going to be discussing mental health. And maybe I'll, I'll invite this Looney to an over there. I'm a baby that was born to a lady that's half crazy, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> Somehow she ended up holy crazy. Right? <laughs> that's actually a song. What, what's, what's, what, uh, what happened to a baby that was born to a lady that's half crazy? <laughs> But yeah, everybody, thanks for joining, hanging out. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. The Upgrade America mobile game is official. It's out. It's live. Download it on iTunes and uh, the Google Play.